Week three of my journey to the new 1%. For the new 1%, I worked with a friend to create my logo and focused on creating content. My VA finished up edits to the website. For Sober Living, I sent out a list of 20-ish properties in Austin and San Antonio to private money partners. I found out that I'm probably structuring my private money incorrectly and need a loan sponsor on one end and a private money lender on the second end. This brought me new house hacking ideas, which you can hear about in the podcast after this. And I've been in contact with the family office guy, but he hasn't been responding as quickly as possible. And this shows me the power of relationships. If we had a better one, this would all be a smoother process. So that's my past week in the new 1%. What's yours look like? Let me know below. Thanks for letting me know below down in the comments or shoot me a DM to let me know how your week with the new 1% went. Now we look at what the next week is gonna look like. And so for me, I need to do a couple things. I need to edit social media. My website is now branded with the new 1%. I'll have to do a logo refresh here in a little bit, but I need to start telling people and directing people my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook to go to the website to join the new 1%. And then that will lead to them having access to my freebies. Finishing, speaking of freebies, I need to start outlining those freebies and start recording them really i need to make sure that people have either an email course or a video course or both where it's helping them do the things that we're doing in the new one percent so i need to edit my social media to make sure that biographies are aligned and that everybody knows hey come join the new one percent and then i need to make sure that the benefits of the new one percent the courses i'll be giving people talking about community of investing and then finding funding and operating businesses, talking about that first 90 days and getting those capital partners and doing that propri proprietary search and getting good with brokers and doing the whole jazz, right? I need to create those courses, create those outlines and start up. I think I'll do email format first just because it's easier than video. Now, as I get feedback, I'll move to a video format. And then lastly, with kind of the new 1%, I need to figure out a way to advertise it. So I'm posting content like this on my podcast and on social media, but that content, when you have 800 followers, I've been looking at kind of other people's pages. Grant Cardone has millions of followers. Hormozy, millions of followers. All these people have millions of followers, but they don't get millions of views on each reel. And oftentimes it'll go out to their follower base first, then it'll go out to other people. And so for me, I just really wanna know how I can start boosting this social media posts to really get more attention. So whether that's a dollar a day, $2 a day, $3 a day, just get a couple more hundred people looking at my reels to see if they're actually shareable, to see if somebody out there is resonating with them. And if I'm not getting good feedback from that, how can I pivot with my content to make better hooks, better stories, better offers, right? And so some of that advertising, you know, you have Hormozy's quadrants, right? You have warm content, which is one to many people who know you. You have one to many people who don't know you running ads. The only ad I think I would run is like an Instagram shout out on a page that is focused on entrepreneurs. If the page isn't focused on entrepreneurs and people who want to, um, you know, make more money or make more impact in their life, I really don't think they're going to like my page. So maybe some Instagram shout outs or a post shout out for people who are looking to buy and sell businesses, right? Or buy and sell real estate, buy and sell assets and do it with the community investing model. So it's typically gonna be that person who's kind of mid twenties, early thirties. They 
probably have a decent job, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 a year. So they have some discretionary income, but they're also looking to scale that cash flow to retire early. They don't want to just invest their discretionary income into the S&P 500. They're young, so they realize they can take risk, but they don't want to take an inordinate amount of risk. They want to mitigate that risk by partnering with other people. And so that's kind of what the community investing side of things is. That's the foundation of the new 1%. And that's the person I need to advertise to, which means they're probably on a few pages. After some market research, you could determine which pages they're on and you could get shout outs on those pages for you know, 20, 30, 40, $50 a pop to see if they start resonating with my content. The other thing I'm thinking of is like, okay, that's the paid ads I would do. You could do some cold DM outreach to people who follow people like Cody Sanchez, people like Hormozy, who follow other entrepreneurs that are in the mergers and acquisition space. So really I have to target people that follow Cody Sanchez and Derek Fay. And if I could target those two people, followers of those accounts, I can shoot out cold DMs to those people, be like, hey, if you're looking to buy or sell a business, sign up for this course and check out the content on this page. And that could really help me um, get some people to my content, start getting some feedback. That's the cold route. And then, of course, the worm route is DMing everybody on my Instagram, on my Facebook, and saying, what, what have you thought about the content recently? So I'm just thinking of more ways to kind of get that attention going and get some feedback on my content because I get a comment here or a comment there and people are liking the new stuff, but I really want a system where it's like inputs, outputs, inputs, outputs. And right now, I feel like I need to boost how much and how many people are really seeing my content, whether that be paying Instagram to do, you know, $5 um, per post of boosting, you know, $10 per post of boosting, I do 30 posts. So that'd be 150 to 300 a month. And I'd get, you know, 600 to 800 eyeballs on each post. That's a good way to do it. And maybe, you know, I figure out if it's shareable, figure out if people like it, figure out the comments and all that stuff. Or I do a shout out, you know, $50 a pop, I can get three to six shout outs for the same amount of 300 to 600 people on each post, right? 150 to um, $300, I can get three to six shout outs. 150 to $300, I can get like, you know, 400, 500 more views per post through boosting. So I can go that route. I can do the cold DM route by having somebody scrape some followers and go that route. Or I can do warm DMs to everybody that already follows me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and all that good stuff. So the other thing is a commenting campaign of like going to Derek Fay, Cody Sanchez, Alex Ramosi, the Dream 100, and commenting on their posts to engage with people. And that's another way to kind of boost your organic reach. But that's real time intensive. And um, while I want to grow the new 1%, it's not the thing that's gonna bring the cash flow. The thing that's gonna bring the cash flow is the sober living. So let's jump to that now. I'm, I've sent out the list. I'm looking for more feedback from private money partners. So in this next week, just to recap so far, I'm gonna edit the social media, I'm gonna outline the freebie courses, and then I'm gonna kind of figure out a way to advertise that makes sense for me, um, if at all. Like if I advertise at all right now, I am posting content and that does take up a lot of my time. So maybe, you know, I have to get more cash flow on the sober living side before I can pay to advertise a bit more. But I wanna figure out a kind of method to advertise, um, finish up those freebie courses and edit social media. That's what I wanna do on the new 1% front. On the sober living front, I'm looking for feedback from those private money partners from all the deals I sent them. And I texted them with a follow-up. I sent the email on Friday. I texted a follow-up today, which is Sunday. And I'm really looking to hear back from people. I've already heard back from two of like the 14 that I sent it out to. So looking for more feedback on that. And then 
um, waiting on this one person whose job it is to help me fund deals, um, tell me if she can help me fund a deal or not, really, is what I'm looking at. When I was, I mentioned this in the reel, but somebody told me that I need to restructure my offer. I need a loan sponsor and I need a private money lender. At first I was thinking the private money lender could be, could bring the money and sign the loan. So they are the loan sponsor and they're bringing the money. But then he's like, I'm taking on all the risk and I'm only getting a slice of the capital of the profits, right? That's not really fair for me. That's too risky. Instead, he said, you need a loan sponsor who's probably going to come in and when he does loan sponsoring, he takes 50% off the top. And so I don't think that's kind of the deal I would go for. I'd maybe go for somebody who's looking for 25, 30, 35%. Um, but then you get a private money lender who wants eight to 12% on their money. So you get a loan sponsor who can help you close the loan. They take 20 to 50% off the top. And then out of the cash flow, you pay the private money lender their eight to 12% interest annually. And so the loan sponsor only gets shares of profits and then the private money lender gets their interest payments. And he said, that's a better way to sponsor it. In my head, it's a little confusing because if I was a private money lender, I would want that equity that the loan sponsor is getting. Um, but I think it's just different risk tolerance for different people and what your upside looks like and what your downside looks like. And so I wouldn't say that's the end all be all, but it did open my eyes to like, hey, am I structuring this thing right? What it made me think of, which was really cool, was the house hacking idea. So back in the day when I first learned about house hacking, I um, didn't want to move because I was getting ready to get married and getting engaged and all that stuff. But I was like, couldn't we just co-sign a loan and fund somebody's house hack and get equity in a property for three and a half down that cash flows um, and do that over and over and over? Because you can co-sign as many loans as you want as long as you know the bank will fund you and whatnot. That was a really interesting thought to me. And so I've now moved that idea into the sober living side of things. And over the next week, not only will I be looking for feedback from those private money partners, thinking about the restructuring. So going into the sub two community and being like, hey, can I get a loan sponsor? Hey, can I get some uh, more private money lenders? Because I have that list of 14, but I want that list to be 100. We've talked about that in past weeks. But I'll be thinking about how can I structure this house hacking idea? So I'll be speaking with a loan officer actually tomorrow, Monday, right around 2.50. And we'll be talking about, hey, how can I get a private money lender's capital into a house hacking deal without committing you know, bank fraud, basically? I want the bank to know everything is above board. I don't want them to think the funds came from someplace that they didn't or that it's mine when it's not and I owe somebody interest. So how can I make sure everything's above board and I am getting equity in this property? My name's on the loan, the house hacker's name is on the loan, and we can qualify because we can rent out some of the other units to qualify, but the private money lender is getting simple interest on their money, and they're only needing to bring $40,000, $50,000, maybe sixty dollars to $70,000 if we want some reserves. They're only needing to bring that much as opposed to the one eighty dollars to two hundred dollars that they would have had to bring in the other model. So with the house hacking model, if I can figure out what this loan sponsor, how I can sign on the loan. I need to get a loan from the private money lender. I need to be able to use that money to fund the house hack. I need to sign on the loan with the house hacker. And in this scenario, the house hacker is my loan sponsor. And they'll be happy to get that 20, 30% equity and profit share because they're a younger person like me looking to own a property. They also want to be the house manager for sober living. That would be the criteria for that loan sponsor. And the private money lender, simple interest but on much less capital. So it hurts our bottom line less. So it's potentially a more profitable strategy is what I'm seeing here. Because before 
I was going to give them profit split, 33%, and then 50% equity and 8.5% accrual on their capital, despite the profit share. So, you know, say we're making $3,000 in profit, they're going to get a third of that. So they're going to get $1,000 monthly. And say they put $100,000 capital into the deal, not only are they going to get 1000 monthly, which would already be a 12% return, but their money will also accrue at 8%. So at the end of year one, I would owe them $108,500. At the end of year two, I would owe them like 117 or 118000 End of year three, I would owe them, oh, I don't know, 129000 or something like that. And so I would just keep accruing. And before their profit split went to 10% and 10% equity split, they would have to get their money plus 8.5% compounded annually and the profit split. So the 12% return in the profit split that they're getting every year cash flow. And then upon refinance of that property five to seven years down the road, they would also get that you know 160,000 that they're owed because their money accrued at 8.5% every year. And essentially that would help them double their money probably in that five years. But now I can just pay them simple eight to 12% interest and get a loan sponsor that is a house hacker. So still giving away equity, 20 to 50% to that loan sponsor and still paying that kind of simple interest on the money, but it's potentially more profitable for me from month to month. And I get the equity from jump. Like I don't have to pay somebody back on that accrual of their equity. It's just like, hey, we're gonna pay you this eight to 12%, we're gonna get you your money back, and we're gonna be good to go, right? So I think that is a really cool thing. It's not super, there's not a big difference in how profitable it is. It's not extremely more profitable, but there may be a slight edge there, and I also get to help somebody else build well. So brought me to the house hacking idea, the restructuring really pissed me off for a whole evening, brought me the house hacking idea, which I've explained to you. As I'll be looking for feedback from private money partners, I'll be figuring out that house hacking idea and make sure that the logistics are above board. And um, that's kind of what the sober living front of things looks like for me. So full recap, the new 1% week for me in the next week, we'll see how much of this I actually get done. I'm gonna edit social media, finish up outlining the freebie courses. Now I wanna figure out a way to advertise, if at all, and not if at all, but if right now. Well, I need to get more cash flow before I advertise. I'll be looking for feedback from private money partners, and then I will be focusing on that restructuring, really making sure I have all the pieces in play, speaking with the loan officer about the house hacking side of things. One thing I wanna leave you guys on is the importance of relationships. Earlier, I talked about how with the family office guy, things would be going smoother, um, and he would be replying faster if we had a more potent relationship. Like if our kids went to school together and we worked out three times a week, that would be a big deal. And what I realized when I was talking on Thursday and the dude was like, hey, I think you need to restructure how you're doing your private money. That's too much risk for this person and they may not want to do it. What I realized in that moment is that A, money is fake. And the reason that was so infuriating is because you are saying that you don't trust me with something that is fake. And so it's not even and yes, money has very real effects. Like you can go do very real things with money, but money in and of itself is fake. The, the bank prints it. It's like 98% of the money supply is dead. It's literally, literally fake. And money flows and doesn't flow because of trust. And that's when I realized 
that people simply don't trust me enough because they perceive me as untrustworthy. And so the question is, what have I been doing or not been doing to allow somebody to perceive me as untrustworthy? And so those are really the questions that I've been asking myself because it became clear that this is just a trust game. It's a relationship game. And as you build relationships, as you become a more trustworthy person and your reputation, your brand precedes you, um, you know, people enter into business with you a lot smoother. And so some of that trust is experience. Some of that trust is personal relationship. Some of that trust is just being a person of character, of values. It's showing up consistently. So showing up consistently, having great values, having that kind of expertise, that experience, and then having a personal relationship with them, intertwining lives. And that's kind of why I preach this whole community investing model of go with the people you know, because that trust is the foundation of building wealth. And that's what I learned this week um, from that conversation, or at least I was reminded of it in a very stark way this week. And I was upset. I was so mad because in my head, I'm like, I don't think you realize how far I will go to help you out. Like, I want to get rich, I want you to be rich, and I'm willing to go to the ends of the earth to make that happen. Because I'm not just trying to have this stop here, but I'm trying to go much bigger. And to go much bigger, I need to start small and have it work, and I start small with you right now, right here. So I'm so invested in this working because I have big dreams and goals and because I think there's a moral obligation there. However, that's not always communicated to people. And until they know me well enough, and have seen me work long enough, they won't trust me. And that's kind of what calmed me down, realizing that and realizing it's just my fault. There's an extreme ownership moment there and I just need to be a more trustworthy person by showing up better, having that experience, connecting personally with the people, and uh, just being consistent. So that's what we got for you guys today on the show. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you on the next one. And remember, we are a community of people judge not by our wealth, but by our impact.